Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. This morning we are in Matthew's Gospel, in the 21st chapter. I invite you to turn with me. As you are able, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. So hear now God's word. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Untie them, bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, you just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt, and they put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God indeed. Let us pray. Humble King, let us stay with the Hosannas for a while. Let us let them keep on ringing in our ears. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Instead of rushing on to hear the echoing cries that came later in the week. Let us stay with the Hosannas. Maybe once we have heard those in a new way, we will be ready We will be ready to make the rest of the journey a journey that was hastened and given new purpose by those hosannas. For those hosannas were not just simply the innocent cries of palm branch waving children. Those hosannas were the agonizing battle cries of adults tired of the oppression of occupying forces. Tired of violence meant to silence and instill fear and submission. Tired of politics betraying the well-being of the people. Tired of being made to feel that their voices did not matter and that the lives of those they loved were dispensable. Those hosannas were the hopeful cries of a people seeking liberation. Those hosannas were an investment of hope in one they thought would deliver. Those hosannas that we have sanitized over the years rang out in clear rebellion sealing the fate of one who rode on a donkey. So let us stay with the hosannas. Let us rest them from the lips of children and allow them to ring in our ears and spew from our mouths as a call to action, a call to justice, a call to love. Let us stay with the hosannas even as we journey with the Christ who carried those hosannas all the way to the cross and ensured their fulfillment as the justice and love of God. Let us stay with the hosannas. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest. Amen. So today we are continuing our sermon series, Seeking, Asking Questions as we journey toward Easter. And our journey is getting close. This morning, again, is Palm Sunday. We are ushering in Holy Week, and we begin with celebration. We begin with excitement. You see, here in Matthew's Gospel, the Jewish people who are scattered all throughout the land, they have gathered. They've arrived in the holy city of Jerusalem where the temple is for Passover. Now, Passover is the festival that commemorates and celebrates the liberation of the Jewish people as slaves from Egypt. Their deliverance from bondage, from oppression, from disenfranchisement. They celebrate freedom at Passover. They celebrate Hosanna. Save us, one who saves. God saved them from their enslavement. And they celebrate the fulfillment of God's promises. And because of that celebration of deliverance and that spirit that it brings with it, the Roman officials are always on high guard, high alert during this festival because while the Jewish people may have been delivered by God before, they now live under Roman rule, Roman oppression, and they must be kept in their place. And so this is why we know that at the very same time that Jesus is arriving in Jerusalem, two shouts of Hosanna, which is a, a desperate plea. It means, literally, save us, one who saves. We know that at the very same time, Pontius Pilate is also arriving in a parade of his own political power. To acclamations of Roman might and power that he exudes, he must be there to represent domination and control, to keep order, to uphold the rule of the land, and to keep the marginalized subdued. May they celebrate their Passover? Yes. But if they try to live it out through any kind of protest or rebellion, they will be and they are silenced. And we know that there's tension in this in the city right now. We know there is unrest in that the people are not happy with the way things are because in verse 10, the scripture tells us the city was in turmoil. The city was in turmoil asking, who is this? Who is this that we are begging to save us? Who is this Hosanna? Jesus is the one the Romans fear. He is the one that those who benefit from Roman rule fear because the powerful fear, the one who yearns to, tends to, and wants to give power to the powerless. Because while not every single person in Jerusalem knows who Jesus is, many do. News travels fast even before the internet or smartphones, okay? People have traveled from all over, and Jesus has been traveling for three years. People know who he is. They know what he's done. They know that he's healed, that he's made Pharisees look foolish. They know that he has raised people from the dead, that he's taught with authority and conviction, that he's fed multitudes, that he has said he's come with a very specific mission, 
to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Good news to the poor, release to the captives, freedom for the oppressed. This humble king riding on a donkey is trouble to the ones in power, is worrisome to those who benefit from the wealth and prestige earned on the backs of the poor and powerless. The people who line the streets to welcome Jesus to Jerusalem are a desperate people. They are desperate for a salvation that gives them a different future than the one they can envision now. They want a future that promises violence and corruption will not always win the day. That dominating others and profiting off the work of the disenfranchised will come to an end. That peace will reign. That oppression in all its forms will cease. And we will all have enough. Enough to eat, enough to drink, enough to wear, enough work, enough community, enough medicine, enough help, enough purpose, enough belonging. The kingdom of God made known where everyone has enough and where everyone has had enough. Enough division, enough of exclusion, enough of violence, enough of poverty, enough of inadequate resources, enough of disparity. Enough of those things that diminish. The ones who've had enough are the ones who line the streets to beg for a new way of being in the world. The one Jesus describes. Where sinners eat with saints. Hosanna, they shout. Save us one who saves, because this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not the vision of God that the prophets reminded us of. This is not the kingdom of God that Jesus has promised us. The ones who have come had enough to protest against the way things are by parading alongside the one who has come. And in doing so, to usher in a new way of being a new kingdom, a new heaven, a new earth, the people have witnessed it in his presence, in his ministry. They've seen the healing in his eyes. They've seen the authority in his teaching. And they are desperate to be saved from the circumstances that they find themselves in. And some of their own making, sure. But many forced upon them. And that's where we come to this morning. That is where we meet our brothers and our sisters in Jerusalem in this story. The city was in turmoil. Our communities are in turmoil. There's so much violence, division, inequity. We are or we should be a desperate people, a people who've had enough. We feel desperate this week. We're so frustrated. We're so angry about the future we see. I hope we feel desperate. Six more beautiful children of God gone at the hands of violence. Mothers, siblings, children, friends, teachers, students, workers. Identities that expand far beyond space and time, but at their core, beloved 
beloved, beloved. That is who they are. Evelyn Dykehouse, Hosanna, save us one who saves. Mike Hill, Hosanna, save us one who saves. William Kenny, save us, Hosanna, the one who saves. Catherine Kuntz, Hosanna, save us one who saves. Cynthia Peak, Hosanna, save us one who saves. Haley Scruggs, Hosanna, save us one who saves. Hosanna is a cry of hope in a desperate world. Hosanna is a turning away from Pilate, a turning away from what the world demands of us and looking toward another way of being in the world, toward the one riding on a donkey, a humble king, the one who speaks peace and justice, who speaks love, who speaks forgiveness, who speaks healing, who speaks belonging, who speaks grace. Jesus is our Hosanna, our only hope. We cannot trust ourselves to change the world. We can't because our faith will shift in these days ahead and we will become scared and confused and we may even deny Jesus. But even though the shouts of Hosanna will change to shouts of condemnation, Jesus will continue to walk. He will continue to journey. The one he began when he entered the city to shouts of excitement and praise. And even when those shouts turn to crucify him, even when mocking words surround him, he will keep walking. Because his path is not determined by our love for him. Jesus' path is not determined by our disapproval or approval of him. Jesus' path is determined by his love for us. Hear that. Jesus' path is determined by his love for us and for his beloved children, a path that has never wavered or changed, a mission that continued regardless of our unfaithfulness. Regardless of our embrace of violence, regardless of our rejection of one another and Jesus himself. Jesus' mission continues. And he will walk battered and broken this week. He will walk carrying the violence of the world on his shoulders. He will walk, and then he will say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He will walk regardless of our shouts and our question is what will we cry out? To whom and for what will we shout? Will we choose the parade of empire, accepting Pilate's power, maintained through corruption and violence and silencing those who live on the margins, or will we cry out for something else in our own lives and in the lives of our community, for a parade of empowerment, a shout of hope to a humble king? whose power comes not through force, but through a love that knows no ends, that extends beyond any boundary we could create, that promises release to those held captive, healing to those who are wounded, freedom 
for the oppressed. A king that says power comes through humility. Power comes through service. Are we desperate enough to see that Pilate's parade only ends in death? Despite the death sentence it imposes upon Jesus. Now the powers of our world will try to tell us a different story. They want to silence the one who comes riding in on that donkey. And the ones who dare to follow him. They want the world to continue empowering the powerful and exploiting the powerless. Their weapon is death. And what that means is so is their fate. But Jesus' weapon isn't a weapon. It's a tool and it's love and it's light and it's hope and it's grace and it's life. And so is his fate. The powers of death, regardless of their belief, are powerless against the one we call to Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. And our hosannas will transform to shouts, from shouts of praise and acclamation, as we realize that Jesus does indeed keep journeying and he will keep walking and he will keep parading far beyond today, even beyond the cross and right out of the empty tomb. Let us follow him every step of the way into a new kingdom. Hosanna, save us, one who saves, for no one else can. Let us pray. Humble king, let us stay with the Hosannas for a while. Let us keep on letting them ring in our ears. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Instead of rushing on to hear the echoing cries that came later in the week, let us stay with the Hosannas. Because maybe once we've heard them in a new way, we will be ready. We will be ready to make the rest of the journey. Journey that was hastened and given new purpose by those Hosannas. For those Hosannas were not just simply the innocent cries of palm branch waving children. Those Hosannas were the agonizing battle cries of adults tired of oppression, of occupying forces, tired of violence meant to silence, tired of politics betraying the well-being of the people, tired of being made to feel that their voices did not matter and that the lives of those they loved were dispensable. Those hosannas were the hopeful cries of a people seeking liberation. Those hosannas were an investment of hope in the one they thought would deliver. Those hosannas that we have sanitized over the years rang out in clear rebellion, sealing the fate of one who rode on a donkey. So let us stay with the hosannas. Let us rest them from the lips of children and allow them to ring in our ears and spew from our mouths as a call to action, a call to justice, a call to love. Let us stay with the hosannas even as we journey with the Christ who carried those hosannas all the way to the cross and ensured their fulfillment as the justice and love of God. Let us stay with the hosannas. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.